Good evening, Hampton Roads, and welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, alongside me, as usual, CFP Allison Dubril. Together, we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interests ahead of our own in any business dealing, and that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's to reach out and help as many Listeners, as we can in the Hampton Roads area, achieve your measure of financial success because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial success if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, with the economy, Insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property, casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, TSPs, 43Bs, IRAs, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, Social Security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss this evening. 627 Seven nine seven nine. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. You startled me there with your singing. I'm going to have to re-record. Jamming out jingle. to our jingle. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a jam. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, tonight we wanted to talk about one of the two certainties of life. Two certainties of life are what? Death and taxes. And mm. we just got through tax season, so why not tackle death Let's tonight? talk about death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Riveting. Can't wait. Well... Not exactly death, but we're going to talk about planning for possible, eventual passing away and how to take care of your loved ones. And transferring of assets to your loved ones or to charities and so forth. We're going to talk about estate planning tonight. What to do with what you have once you're gone. But before we jump into that, we do have a call on the line and we're going to jump out into Chesapeake and speak with Chuck. Good evening, Chuck. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for the call. Yes, let me turn down my radio. Calling uh, to... Um, actually, let me switch over. I'm sorry. I'm on my Bluetooth and I need some iPhone. Yeah, calling. I'm not turning on my radio. Yeah, I'm in a situation <laughs> where I am, uh, uh, without going into too much detail, um, 
selling a business in the next two or three months. And are you with me? Yep, we can hear you. Okay, good. great. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so it could be a pretty substantial amount of money, and I'm a retirement age, but I'm wanting, wanting to you know, make a, an investment where I'm not obviously uh, losing the proceeds uh, from the from the sale, sale of business, and uh, kind of wondering what would be. I'm not sure if you can give this kind of advice over the phone, but what would be a, a stable investment that um, that we could make my wife and I so that we could maybe have a you know have some income from the sale of the of the business, but also um, you know have it uh, invested so that we wouldn't you know, lose, uh, lose money on the investment. Mm-hmm. And when you say lose money, Chuck, uh, what does that mean to you? A permanent loss of, of invested funds, or does it mean a decline in value on the funds? Yeah, exactly. A decline, in, more a decline in value. Okay. Okay. So you're yeah. looking for an investment that never declines in value, but that pays income. Um, you know, I guess, uh, I'm not sure never, uh, never declines, but I think over you know, probably a safe uh, investment that we can be relatively assured that it's, you know, we're going to lose our shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously there's risk in investment. I understand that. But, uh, you know, that you know, some 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 stable income without, I'm not thrilled about an idea of an annuity, quite frankly, but, but um, you know, something that we can be fairly assured that it, it's, that we're not going to, lose a substantial amount of money in the investment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, th- I think we got the got the picture there. Well, congratulations on the sale of the business. Probably a lifetime of hard work uh, there that you invested, and looks like you got a liquidity event coming up and are at the uh, right time where you can enjoy that money and hopefully have a good uh, next chapter, next phase of your life with a lot of uh, travel and exciting things to do and maybe some dreams realized there as well. So, you know, the first thing you want to do with the big liquidity event is uh, clean your financial house. So any bad debts, any high interest rate debt, get that paid off. You want to make sure you build yourself a... Uh, nice, safe, secure, liquid uh, emergency fund of anywhere between three to six months of your monthly expenses. That's money that's going to be sitting in a in a plain vanilla bank account, earning little to nothing, even in this environment, in just a basic savings account. Beyond that, then you can look to uh, attempt to invest for growth and or income and use some of this money to, uh, number one, supplement your lifestyle. Uh, Number two, hopefully try to grow it to offset the corrosive, corrosive effects of inflation and be able to grow your income stream from the money to ensure that your lifestyle remains protected for the remainder of your days. So there's no magic investment that is perfectly safe, in other words, does not change in value uh, and pays substantial income. I will say one of the things we are seeing now for the first time in, in probably over a decade are some bank products like um, high yield savings accounts, money market accounts, CDs that are paying uh, upwards of four, sometimes 5%. 
but that's in a in an environment with uh, an elevated inflation rate. So those bank interest rates are responding to the higher inflation that we're seeing. And bank interest rates, while higher than they've been in the past, are always, bar- barring some occasional exceptions, uh, lower than the inflation rate. So even bank assets lose money, lose purchasing power to the effects of inflation. The way to stay ahead of inflation, the way to keep your purchasing power of your nest egg is to invest it for long-term growth, primarily in equities or stocks. And that can be done directly stock from a company or in mutual funds, uh, which are instantly diversified or in exchange-traded funds and so forth. But those will be subject to more short-term volatility. That's just the natural trade-off that one has to accept. Oh, and bonds, of course. And then uh, bonds would also be another option, but bond values do fluctuate, even if the interest that they pay does not while you hold the bond. So it's a balancing act in there. And it really is going to depend on, number one, your temperament, on what you're willing to accept in terms of what you classify as risk, and then what you're trying to achieve or what you need from a lifestyle and income standpoint. Okay, that sounds reasonable. We have a. My wife also has some uh, some funds or some 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 money set away through her retirement. So, I guess uh, that that would come into play also. Um, yeah. So okay. Well, that's that's good information. Um, so maybe kind of we're wondering maybe maybe we could meet up with you all in the office also uh, to discuss this. Sure, yeah. Chuck. Yeah, we, we'd be happy to talk to you over the phone if you want for some general information or have you and your wife come in for a formal consultation. Uh, WealthwayAdvisors.com is our website. Uh, has all our contact information at WealthwayAdvisors.com or you just give us a call at the office 456-2200. And I will just make the general comment about your situation is that if you're at retirement age, most people think that is around age 65 or so here in the United States, um, you probably still have another good third of your life ahead of you. And that's no time when you have that long of a time horizon. That's no time to start getting overly conservative with your investments. You're, you will you will restrict the options that you have down the road if you get too conservative too soon. So just something to think about there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense, and I appreciate that. Well, we'll we'll give you all a call and uh, maybe uh, have a consultation over the phone uh, initially, and then go from there. All right, Chuck. Then uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. That's wealthwayadvisors.com, dot com four five six twenty two hundred. Chuck mentioned annuities as well. I just thought I'd give make a a high level comment about annuities that um, when people are looking for a safe place to put their money with guarantees that you won't lose anything in income. Annuities do often come to mind, and just kind of a, a a word about that is that anytime there are any sort of guarantees or risk is taken off the table, you are giving up something. So you're giving up return, you're giving up future spending power, you're giving up 
uh, the control of your money. So there's just always some give and take with annuities and, of course, um, some hidden fees. So you want to be very careful when approaching an annuity. Right. Every uh, avenue, every investment option comes with its own pros and cons, and that's why it's a good idea to work with a competent professional to help design the plan that is just right for you. All right, we're going to stop right here, take a short break. If you want to jump in on the conversation, give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zibna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Dot com. All right, tonight we're going to be talking about estate planning, if we get around to it. But in the meantime, uh, if you have a question or a comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call, 627-7979, just like David here in Virginia Beach. Good evening, David. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Uh, uh, glad to be on. Uh, I just have a quick question. I- I've been told that the younger you are, the more you should have in equities versus fixed income. So maybe in your 20s and 30s, you have 75 to 80% in equities and the balance in fixed income or cash. And then as you get older, you should have a little bit less and less equity exposure. And of course, some people think the 60-40 split between equities and fixed income is a magic number. And so I guess my question to you is, is the 60-40 portfolio debt? Good question. Yeah. Um, Well, it's not dead. It is very much alive and thriving um, across the uh, financial services um, universe. However, it is our opinion that for all intents and purposes that, yes, the 60-40 portfolio is dead, at least in our practice and among our clients. We think it's an old antiquated uh, notion of looking at portfolio management and risk management, risk tolerance uh, for clients. And when we say 60-40, just for other listeners, that typically means a, a por- uh, an investment portfolio made up of 60% stocks, equities, and 40% bonds. And traditionally, um, once one sort of cross the threshold into retirement, they would gobble up all their assets, their their 401ks and their TSPs, and, and turn it into a portfolio made up of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, and then use that as um, their income supplement for the rest of their life. But it's it's been our belief for at least a decade, if not longer, that bonds uh, are not an appropriate long-term investment vehicle. They can be an appropriate short to midterm investment vehicle. But for long-term investing uh, of at least five years, 
closer to 10 that equities are your best friend. And retirement is not the end. Retirement is just a transition. And like we were talking to Chuck earlier, um, if he's at retirement age, just sold a business, he has, statistically speaking, if you are in reasonably good health at that age, 65, you probably have another third of your life ahead of you, another 30 years um, to live. That's a long time horizon. That's no reason to get conservative with a 60-40 portfolio, and it's certainly not a good reason to invest in bonds in what used to be a very low interest rate environment. Now that has ticked up a little bit, um, but bonds were down worse than stocks in uh, calendar year 2022. So there, w- there was no place to hide there, as we expected with bonds. Um, we for so that's a long-winded answer. To say yes. In in our practice, we think they're dead. The sixty forty portfolio okay. is dead. Can, can I push back just a little bit? Sure thing. Um, of course, if you ladder those bonds, and you know, uh, and you hold them to maturity, I mean, you're not going to lose. You know, the world's coming to an end because your bond went down by ten ten percent. Well. You know, as long as you're not too out there on the on the uh, maturity, mm-hmm. you know, you should be okay. But uh, and then you can just rebound. But it was nice talking to you. Yeah. Love you guys. Love your show. Have a great day. All right, David. Yeah, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. And so, yeah, you make some good points there. And there are some more sophisticated strategies that you can use when you're trying to build out that bond portion, like laddering them. Um, but uh, you know, it, keep them. There, there. Another name for bonds is fixed income. The income that bonds pay is fixed. So, you know, if you bought a bond two or three years ago, the most you were getting out of uh, corporate bonds or even uh, or government bonds was maybe one or two percent per year. And so, if you're holding that bond. Uh, that you purchased a couple years ago, still holding it, and it's only paying 1% or 2% when inflation is at 8%, well, you are falling dramatically behind. Your purchasing power is falling, falling dramatically behind inflation. It's not keeping up because of those low interest rate bonds that, pre, uh, that you purchased before. Now, as I was saying, interest rates have ticked up. There does come a point, if interest rates get high enough, that bonds then do become somewhat attractive long term but i would we're not there yet and i still think there's you know there's other negative reasons to be concerned about that i think it's really perception of risk so people view equities as risky because they're viewing it through a very short-term lens. Um, we view it through a much more long-term lens because like you said our clients and most investors should be investors for their entire life, which is virtually always long term. Um, if you're even if you're late in your life, you might be then investing for your heirs, which is long term. So long term, what is the biggest the bigger risk? Is it short term market movements of equities or is it purchasing power and inflation? We believe that inflation and the reduction of purchasing power is the greater risk. And that's where we focus our efforts and our investments. And it should be noted that if you have at least a 10-year hold period before you're going to, or while you're going to be an investor, and if you're an investor over your entire lifetime, you certainly have a 
year or longer time horizon, there is very little risk that 10 years into the future, from any point in time, that your investment portfolio in stocks is going to be less than it was at the time that you purchased it 10 years into the past. So 10-year hold periods are longer. While it's possible from a, from a sort of broad market perspective to have, is it like 1% or 2%? The S&P has been lower 10 years into the future than it is today. Um, 98% of the time, it's always been greater. So there, that isn't risk then. You know, it, it's, it might be risky in that 10-year period, but you hold it longer than 10 years, there's actually relatively little risk of having less money. All right, we got to pause here for a news break. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Jump on the phone lines. Give us a call, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner, Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, uh, put your name and address in the dialog box, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. I want to remind everybody, our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, May 9th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday or the rebroadcast of this show on Saturday following the show, you can get it as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us. Take us with you wherever you go. All right. Tonight we're talking about estate planning. We're going to try to, unless we get some more calls, which we enjoy those. So if you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines. Give us a call, 627-7979. All right. So, yes, we know most people don't want to sit around thinking about their ultimate demise very often. It's uncomfortable, unpleasant. I think generally, as Americans, our society doesn't like to, to go there very often. But it is very important. We are Americans. We are going to live forever. I Amen. I want to be. <laughs> so it's important to have an estate plan. Even if you think you are invincible and you don't think you are anywhere near passing away, you do need to put some thought into what should happen to your assets um, or your family members, your children, if something were to happen to you. Um, having a comprehensive estate plan, and we'll talk about what an estate plan is, but it can help you feel much more secure about everything and feel more confident that if something were to happen to you, your loved ones would be taken care of. Right. So an estate planning is important uh, if you want to provide support and financial stability to a spouse, 
if you want to preserve assets for future generations, maybe you want to support a favorite charity or some other worthy cause, state planning is critical to ensure the efficient transfer of assets. Uh, if you want to make sure that uh, all your assets uh, uh, will be distributed according to your wishes, a lot of times people have ideas in their head that they don't fully articulate. Well, an estate plan helps you do that. Also, of course, so in certain circumstances, minimizing taxes and expense of estate administration is important. Uh, so it's important to have an estate plan if those are goals you want to accomplish. And then ensuring that individuals you choose can make decisions on your behalf in the event of your incapacity. And that's probably one of the most underrated uses of an estate plan is actually um, the power of attorney, medical, a durable medical power of attorney uh, to help make decisions while you're alive if you can't make them for yourself. And I would add to that list, an estate plan is especially important if you have young minor children because mm -hmm. you'll need to state who should be responsible for your children. So that's a pretty broad list that covers most people, but I do want to bring up the question, well, does everyone need an estate plan? Because we do get that question. If you're young and don't have much to your name, do you need an estate plan? Well, everyone does have an estate plan, whether you know it or not. Uh, and it's set up for you by the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia. So if you die without a personal estate plan, then uh, the government has already created one for you and your assets will be distributed according to the laws of Virginia. Maybe when you are young and have uh, minimal assets, um, minimal money, min minimal uh, bank accounts, uh, you are single, you have no other uh, family depending on you, you can make the case that, that maybe that is sufficient. Uh, but usually, once you get married, once you get hitched, <laughs> certainly once you have kids, that's when a estate plan certainly starts presenting itself. Right. So if you, if you pass away without an estate plan, that's why we mentioned each state has their own intestate, intestate. intestate laws. Thank <laughs> you. Got tripped up there. Um, so there are rules that will take in effect if you were to pass away without an estate plan, but it might not be the way you want it to be. Right. Certainly once you get older, have family that depends on you, have a house, have a mortgage, have cars, have jewelry, have furniture, have 401k, have investment accounts, uh, all of that then uh, usually uh, people will have specific wants, needs, and wishes uh, to see exercise in the event of their early demise, and that will generally not comport with the laws of Virginia. All right, so let's talk about the pieces of an estate plan, and then we can circle back around to which ones might be appropriate for you. A, a general estate plan, basic estate plan, is comprised of a will, a power of attorney, a general power of attorney, and a power of attorney for health care, and an advanced medical directive, or what some people call a living will. So that's the basics. A will, 
a general power of attorney, medical power of attorney, and living will. Now, some people think estate plan means trust, and we can talk about that. We want to address what a trust is and and if a trust would be appropriate to you. But when we talk about basic estate planning, it's the first four that I mentioned. The will is the basic document that states what assets should go to whom and who is going to be in charge of making sure that happens, who is going to be your executor that will have to go through the probate process and distribute all of your assets. The will is also the place where you designate who would be in charge of your children if they were minors and you passed away and who would be who would be the physical guardian and who would be their uh, financial guardian and would handle their financial affairs because it might not be the same person. So all those things are covered in a basic last will and and testament. You do have to go through the probate process with a will, and a lot of times that is um, a fear of many people. They want to avoid probate. Well, probate might not necessarily be a bad thing. Probate is the process of um, distributing assets according to a will. It can take a long time. It can be costly. It is public, but uh, there are ways of arranging your affairs so that there's um, hardly anything that actually would be probated via the will at the end of the day. Yeah. And I'll make a editorial comment that we hear sometimes from uh, clients is, well, you know, why do I really need to go to the trouble to even have an estate plan? I mean, the kids are just going to get it all anyway. And when I'm gone, they can just fight it out. For I don't themselves. care. There'll be plenty of money. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to care? Right. And, you know, it, a sort of a nonchalance to the whole affair. The problem with that is we often sit with the surviving children, adult children. And so often if mom and dad did not have a an estate plan of some sort even or or just a basic will there are it's a for people who have gone through it they know how dirty messy complicated unequal the whole estate distribution process can be and when there's substantial sums of money, well, it doesn't even have to be substantial. Little sums of money, doesn't matter the size. It's when money is involved within families, it's a highly emotionally charged event. And if somebody ends up with more money than another or a certain type of personal effect, like the mom's engagement ring or or a locket or dad's uh, hunting rifle or something like that, and without knowing why it got passed, it can create all kinds of confusion, resentment, heartache, and conflict among the survivors. So if you care enough about your family and relatives to want to give them something, pass something via in- inheritance, then you should also want to care enough to ensure that that distribution works efficiently and that there are no hard feelings about who got what and why and that a lot of that gets cleaned up in the estate planning process mm-hmm. and um, kind of skipping ahead though one of the important steps of estate planning is not only having it 
drafted, but actually executing it so that it works properly and then communicating it to mm -hmm. your family. So the very last step is communicating things to your family. We find people hesitate because they don't want to give too much information away or they want to maintain control or some privacy. But in the absence of um, direction or communication, that can also cause hurt feelings, confusion, and uncertainty for the family when moving forward. Yeah, um, take the time to, to verbally communicate while you're here on earth with your loved ones about why you're doing what you're doing and have a pragmatic conversation. And I can tell you the relief that that provides to the rest of the family is substantial because without their knowing, they're left to try to figure out what would dad have wanted me to do with this money. And, and a lot of times that's paralyzing. They don't know what to do because they don't know what dad wanted because dad didn't tell them. He just left them $350,000. That's all they know. But I want to honor dad and his wishes. I don't even feel like I deserve it. It's not mine. I shouldn't have it. And my brother didn't get as much. And now you've got conflict that could have been avoided with proper communication. All right, so that is why we stress having at least a basic estate plan. And we talked about the will. The other pieces of the estate plan are just as important, if not more important. And one of the main reasons we encourage people to do this planning, the durable or general power of attorney is the document that states who can handle your financial affairs if you are no longer able to do so. So this is talking about cases where you are still very much alive, but for whatever reason can't handle your financial affairs, whether you are temporarily unable to because you're in the hospital for some reason, or if there's um, a case of something like a long-term illness where you're no longer to handle affairs, this states who can step in. And without this, it's not an enjoyable process. Without a power of attorney, it means typically going to court to have them elect someone, which is costly and uh, and difficult to do. Emotionally draining and right. painful. Mm-hmm. And so likewise, there's also the power of attorney for health care, which designates who can make your medical decisions if you are unable to. And that is equally important for the same reasons that if you don't have this person named, it doesn't automatically mean your chosen person can step in. So people may think that they have the right to make decisions for their adult children. Maybe you're child turned 18 or 19 is in college and you think no problem I can I'm their mom or dad I can still step in and make decisions that's not automatic it it is not always the case so you need to have a power of attorney for health care in place and we're hearing more and more that health care professionals are demanding uh, comprehensive up-to-date um, documents as well uh, these things do sort of stale date with changes in laws. So just because you had one drafted 10 years ago might be time for a refresh. Right. We've had recent law updates with um, HIPAA requirements. So power of attorney documents that are more than probably 
eight years old mm-hmm. need to be reviewed and updated. We are finding that they're not being accepted if they're more than you know five to eight years old. All right, 627-7979. If you have a jump in on the conversation or have a question or comment relating to your own personal situation, give us a call in the studio lines. Right now we're going to, going out to Chesapeake speak with Teresa. Good evening, Teresa. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hi. <clears throat> it's great to speak with you. Um, I'm sorry, but I wasn't able to hear the beginning of this, so I'm not sure if you this was addressed or not. But my husband and I have been married for 44 years, and he has two children from a previous marriage. We do not have an estate plan or a will even, partly because we we can't agree on some things. Um, And I thought I had read somewhere that in Virginia, if there are children from a previous marriage, they get two-thirds if there is no will. Is that correct? Hmm. Well, I don't want to speak off the top of my head, Teresa, but I do believe the estate is split between the current spouse and the children. I just can't speak okay. to the, the the percentage that it defaults to off the top of my head. Yeah, okay. yeah, and all we right. would all we would also want to be careful because we are not attorneys and we don't draft legal documents. Um, and so that type of specific question might be a little bit out of our purview, but we do know that with a blended family, um, estate planning gets more complex um, for just such of the, re- the reasons that you bring up, because there are rules in effect that would govern the transfer of assets, and it might not necessarily favor the, um, uh, a second spouse. And, okay. Uh, don't feel like you have to have it all worked out, though, before you go through the process. You know, a good estate planning attorney can help you navigate those decisions and help you um, craft a solution that might make both of you happy. So just don't feel like you have to have it all decided before you go to speak with someone. So so that's not something y'all do? No. You recommend somebody? Yes, we can. Right. We don't, we don't, we are not estate planning attorneys. We do not draft the documents. We do advise at a high level. It's part of the financial planning process to have an estate plan. And so we're always reminding our clients about that. But then we refer them to other qualified, uh, competent estate planning attorneys here in Hampton Roads. So if you want to give us, I don't want to do that on the air. If you want to give us a call at the office, though, uh, later on this week, 757. 757- Four five six, twenty two hundred, or you can get uh, our, all all our contact information on our website. That's wealthwayadvisors.com. If you want to give us a call uh, at the office, then we'd be happy to pass uh, those names on to you, Teresa. Okay, great. Yeah, I think it's time to to move forward and get something done. So I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. All right, you're welcome, Teresa. I'm glad we motivated somebody. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, 627-7979. Go on, jump on the phone lines. Give us a call. Doug in Norfolk, you're on Dollars in Common Sense. Thanks for the call. Hey, good evening. Um, I am, um, I actually, I've been married before. I have two children, but I am getting remarried in June. Um, uh, her and I both come, um, we both have rental properties. We both have retirement account, accounts. We both have our own checking. Um, but, we're interested in some financial planning where we could um, 
you know, consolidate, reduce our tax burden, plan for retirement, and then, you know, on the end of that, a little bit of estate planning as well. I uh, just wanted to see if that's, if all those things were right up your alley. They absolutely are. And you are thinking properly that um, when you get married later in life uh, with blended families, um, things become more complex. And it's pretty common that once you get used to you know, your own bank account, your own uh, spending decisions, not having to answer to somebody, uh, then all of a sudden you do. Uh, conflict and fr- friction can result. So it is helpful to have an objective third party help you blend those two um, lifestyles together uh, so that it's a one cohesive uh, finely tuned operating machine. So if you, again, if you want to uh, give us a call at the office or check out more information about us, that's wealthwayadvisors.com. And uh, she's she's military. I am not. That's something I believe you guys are familiar with as well. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have listened before. Um, I, mean, we, I heard I have already spoken about uh, we both have multiple accounts, but we're going to, we want to reduce down to the three, the primary checking, and then we each have our own little bit of spending money so ah did you listen to our valentine's day show (laughs) (laughs) no i've heard before okay it sounds like a good idea but i just wanted to see if that's what you guys were about before i give you a call and um and make an appointment yes yeah, uh, you, right. You're thinking along the, the right uh, way there, Doug, is that ideal setup. Certainly when you're just starting out, again, later in life, it's a little bit more complicated. Might be a little deviation from this. But starting out, uh, we think the ideal arrangement uh, from a banking standpoint is three bank accounts. His bank account, her bank account, and our bank account. Bank account. Majority of uh, all the money of the earned income goes into the joint uh, bank account, and then to the two individual accounts gets funneled a little extra spending money or allowance money or whatever you want to call it. And then those individual accounts, you're allowed to sort of do with what you choose and buy whatever sort of conveniences and, and luxuries that you enjoy without having to answer to the other spouse. Um, and that goes a long way to keep harmonious relations in the family. Well, great. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, Doug. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. All right. Well, we didn't get to the uh, conversation about trust tonight. We'll have to carry that over to a future show. Just know that um, there can be some pros and cons to having a trust, but it doesn't, not everyone has to have a trust. You can at least just get your basic estate plan drafted, a will, power of attorney, and a living will, which states your end-of-life care wishes, and that will get you a long way to having a solid plan. Right. A lot of people think that uh, a trust is what you need when it comes to estate planning. A lot of times they can be helpful, but they come with a lot of work and administration, so just be prepared for that. We'll come back another time and talk about it. Until then, we'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, May 9th at 6 p.m. as usual. In the meantime, look us up online for more information, wealthwayadvisors.com. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.